Hey, sweet ones. Welcome to a bonus episode of the All That to Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that we have a God who walks us through every single thing. Today, I'm going to share a bit of background, a little bit of my story, some things that I believe kind of as a way to build a foundation of this podcast as we move forward. I was married for almost 19 years. During that time, my family and I attended a wonderful church that I loved and where I even held a staff position for several years. To this day, I am so grateful for the pastors and people who served in leadership at that time. Around year 16 of my marriage, I was in counseling for, I don't even know what the 10th time or so. And I went to our church leadership to try to help me with one specific issue. Someone said to me, we need to handle the whole thing. We need to try to fix the whole thing, not just this one issue. So for the next 15 months, a group of godly, amazing people from my church, uh, which included a pastor, um, two mentoring couples, a female mentor, a counselor, a mediator, they tried formally to help my then husband and me reconcile. My separation officially began when my then husband moved out of our home. And at the end of the what ended up being 15 months of a reconciliation attempt, with great sadness, my pastor and uh, that church leadership agreed that legal separation was my next logical step if I so chose, and I did pursue that. Uh, the process of divorce began when I was served divorce papers a few months after that. My children and I moved into a new home several months later, and the divorce became final one year after the papers were served in the summer of 2012. I want to share a few things that I fully believe. Um, there maybe is a myth that when someone goes through a divorce, they are pro-divorce, um, so I want to just kind of lay some things out for you. I believe in God, as I've said already on this podcast. I am a Christian. I accepted Jesus Christ into my heart and life when I was 15, and I try to follow him every day. I believe the Bible is God's divinely inspired word to us and that it is such a gift. I am 100% pro-marriage. I believe God created marriage as a covenant to last for the lifetime of the couple. I believe God created marriage as a breathtaking picture of how Christ loves his church. I believe God allows marriages to end when certain sins are committed, and I'll touch on that in a second. I believe the church is in place in part to protect and guide individuals and families through dark and confusing times. I believe most marriages can be saved, yet I believe God gives us free will. I believe no one should walk away from a marriage without first getting as much help as they possibly can and trying their absolute hardest to keep it together. And I believe that God is bringing about and has brought about a different kind of miracle in my sweet family, one of healing and resurrection and joy on the other side of such deep pain and the ability to reach out to others with the comfort that we have been receiving. Now, I want to share my stance on divorce. Um, this is something that I have prayerfully pulled together from scripture, 
conversations with people who are much wiser than myself and many books. Um, the, the main book that has influenced me, though, is entitled Divorce and Remarriage in the Church by David Instone Brewer, which I highly recommend. I believe that marriage is for a lifetime. Um, I believe that people should not divorce because they aren't happier of, quote unquote, fallen out of love. I think the Bible is clear that the divorce is allowed for these two reasons. If your spouse is unfaithful and unrepentant, and if your spouse literally abandons you. These circumstances do not mean you must divorce, but I think the path is clearer for people whose situations fall under these two areas and they may choose to divorce. Okay, so those are sort of the clear ones, the clear cut, um, now onto the messy and gray areas. Up until I read Divorce and Remarriage in the Church, I was under the impression that being in an abusive or addiction-fraught marriage was just someone's tough luck and they had to suffer under it. I had literally, and I'm not being overdramatic when I say this, I thought I could not divorce. I, I wish there were words stronger than could not, um, that it was forbidden for me. Dr. Brewer references a text in Exodus 21 where he builds the argument that abuse and neglect are areas where a woman may be free to divorce her husband. I cannot possibly cover all that he goes into in this one episode, so please pick up his book if you are trying to um, wrestle with this topic. But Dr. Brewer says, the Old Testament allowed divorce for the breaking of marriage vows, including neglect and abuse, based on Exodus 21.10. Jesus was not asked about these biblical grounds for divorce, though Paul alluded to them in 1 Corinthians 7 as the basis of marriage obligations. This book argues that God never repealed these biblical grounds for divorce based on broken marriage vows. They were exemplified by Christ, according to Ephesians 5.28, and they became the basis of Christian marriage vows of love, honor, and keep. Dr. Brewer also put words to something that I had felt for a long time, but I couldn't quite get a handle on. Though we are all sinners and every person will stand before God on their own to account for their part in their marriages thriving or failing, in some instances, there really actually is a victim and a guilty party. The most obvious would be the woman who is doing her part in her marriage and thinks her marriage is going well, only to find that her husband is having an affair. Though they are both sinners and could both be doing more work on themselves in their marriage, clearly it was the husband who broke the vow. I'm not saying that all marriages with abuse or addiction in them should end in divorce. I'm saying that I believe they should be treated with extra and specific help and support in hopes to bring restoration. They cannot be treated the way regular, quote unquote, hard marriages are. And if they can't be restored, which is always a possibility because of free will, meaning if the person who is in an addiction or is abusing and they will not get help, they will not own it, they will not stop, there should be extra grace shown Dr. Brewer asserts that it is the option of the victim to decide if she wants a divorce. He goes on to say that it's the breaking of the marriage vows that is the sin, not the actual initiation of the divorce. I'm saying that again. It's the breaking of the marriage vows that is the sin, not the actual initiation of the divorce. The conclusions he makes in his book are as follows. The Bible's message for those suffering within marriage is both realistic and loving. Marriage should be lifelong, but broken marriage vows can be grounds for divorce. 
Biblical grounds for divorce include adultery, abuse, and abandonment. Jesus urged forgiveness, but allowed divorce for repeated unrepentant breaking of marriage vows. Only the victim, not the perpetrator of such sins, should decide when or whether to divorce. To this, I want to add my own two cents real quick. He means that it shouldn't be left up to the abuser to decide if the marriage is over, which I can't tell you how many times I've heard this in the past 10 years of working with other women. I want to add a caution that though no one can understand the intricacies of a marriage except for the two people living in that marriage, and I do believe the victim should be able to determine the true state of his or her marriage, I want to recommend that surrounding yourself with much wise counsel is the best way to walk this out. I believe that despite inner and external accusations, I was not in sin or wrong to stand up against the wrongdoing that was taking place in my marriage. I believe I was not in sin or wrong to take the advice of my church leadership when they released me to legally separate. I believe I was not in sin or wrong to not contest the divorce petitioned against me. All these things were told to me, by the way. And I believe I was not in sin or wrong to not stay married no matter what. Is it a shame that my marriage ended in divorce? Yes, absolutely. But not nearly as much as a shame that the marriage vows were broken. Now, I know not everyone will agree with me or Dr. Brewer, and that's fine. Every person needs to come to their own conclusions about this with Bible reading, prayer, wise counsel. And I am very aware that I will stand before God for my views, and I'm comfortable with that because I believe I did what I could to save my marriage And I remind myself it wasn't just up to me. So, sweet ones, all that to say, no matter where you are in your marriage, in your journey, never married, married in a good marriage, married in a hard marriage, on your way out, divorced, widowed, wherever you are, you are the unconditionally beloved daughter of God, and he is so delighted with you. He is not disappointed with you. He is not mad at you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for. And girl, you've got nothing to prove to anyone. So till next time, so, so much love.